0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Ringgit and Cents on BFM 89.9 the Business Station. I'm Wang Xiaoning and this is Ringgit and Sense. Financial literacy is a course unfortunately not taught in schools but probably one of the most important lessons in life. Today we speak to Claire Walker, CEO of the Financial Industry Collective Outreach, otherwise known as FINCO, which is a collaborative initiative pioneered by the financial industry in Malaysia with the guidance of Bank Negara. Now established in 2017, they have the objective of providing underprivileged children and youth with the guidance and educational tools they need to achieve for their life goals. Now, thank you for joining us uh, this morning. And I think one of the main reasons why we're speaking to you today is because of a very interesting survey about Malaysian upper secondary schools and how much they really know about financial literacy. But we'll get to that in a minute. But first off, give us some background on on FinCo. Who are your members and, and what do you really do?
1: So the Financial Industry Collective Outreach, as you say, is a collaborative initiative. And our goal is to provide underprivileged children and youth with the guidance. And educational tools to achieve their life goals. Um, So we work with around 114 financial institutions and they provide funding, they provide volunteers and they provide other resources um, to help us deliver core programs under four pillars and Mm. that's English proficiency, life aspiration, financial literacy and disaster relief.
0: Okay, and let's talk about financial literacy since that's one of the key focus groups and pillars, right? What sort of programs do you run and who do you work with other than your members, the hundred of them or more than a hundred of them?
1: Yeah, Um, so we work closely with the Ministry of Education, Malaysia, and they help us to select schools, government schools that have high intakes of b forty. Communities and schools that don't often receive a lot of other support. So many of our schools are in rural areas, for example, or the urban poor areas. Uh, And we have programs that are offered to schools uh, right across Malaysia. So, two financial literacy programs that we have currently one is working with primary schools aged 10 to 12, years four to five, or sometimes year six as well, and that's Mm. called Good Sense. Um, And also we have a program for secondary schools, which is Ringgit Rules. Um, Both of the programs, in fact, all of the programs that we run um, are aligned to the Ministry of Education's curriculum. So we don't overburden teachers and we're supporting what they're already doing. But they also, uh, our financial literacy program, support the National Strategy for Financial Literacy, which is implemented by the Financial Education Network under Bank Nagara.
0: Okay, um, we'll come back to that in greater detail, but let's talk about that survey that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And what were the objectives and context of that report, since it's all about finding out financial knowledge of Malaysian students?
1: Yeah, so the, the background is that we, um, whilst we've been running our financial literacy programmes in for primary schools for about three years, we wanted to build on our secondary school offer. And we started uh, talking about, well, you know, what are the, the gaps? Where's the data? And we realised that most of the data that's collected is actually from school leavers, mm. so, so age 18 upwards. So we really wanted to make sure that we were on the right track. So we did uh, we conducted a survey and we got responses uh, from over 1,100 students across the country. Uh, students are aged 16 to 19-year-olds, mainly from uh, B40 communities. And we base the survey on OECD's definition of financial literacy, which looks at uh, behaviors, attitudes, skills, uh, awareness, and knowledge as well. Um, So we carried out that Mm. uh, survey at the end of 2022. And we now have a report uh, called uh, Money Sense, Malaysian (laughs) Student Financial Matters, um, which is available on uh, Finca's website.
0: Okay, so what were the key findings of this Money Sense report?
1: Um, it was really interesting. I mean, I think a lot of the findings we knew uh, we would find, but mm-hmm. then there were some really good insights as well that's going to help us to develop our program. So maybe just some some key statistics to highlight. Um, 75% of students surveyed only had low to medium levels of financial knowledge. And obviously, that can a bit affect their ability to make consequential financial decisions um, in the future, up to 44 Percent of students don't have a good level of awareness regarding really common financial services like income tax, student loans, mm. um, EPF, and uh, all of the services they're likely to encounter as they move into adulthood. 49 students said they had shared bank account details with close friends and 42 said that they would do so in return for money. So small number, but we know that that happens and we know that the consequences are things like um, mule accounts and getting involved in in things that they don't want to be involved in. Um, And uh, in terms of behaviour, only 28% of students surveyed exhibited healthy financial behaviour, 4% no health financial behaviour at all. In terms of key takeaways and trends that we saw that that were interesting, uh, one was that age matters when it comes to learning how to manage finances. So the those, earlier the better? Uh, definitely the earlier the better and those that had good financial um, literacy from young mm. tended to uh, improve as they got older but there was a core group that, that didn't um, and that might be linked to grades at school. So mm we we realize that low achievers need targeted support so um students who are achieving low grades across a number of subjects will also have low levels of financial literacy. Um, so that's worrying and, and, and a group that we need to really focus on in schools.
0: Do we know the reasons why there is this lack of financial knowledge among students? Because the data, the statistics that you quoted me, not very encouraging when, you, when less than half actually even have a sense of what financial literacy is all
1: yeah. about. Well, First of all, uh, maybe it, it's partly to do with the fact that a lot of our students that we surveyed um, came from B40 communities, and mm. and they form the bulk of the respondents. Um, I think that younger st- students typically learn their attitudes and behaviours from from their family uh, across a number of areas, including financial literacy. So it's possible that that some of them uh, have seen their parents struggling with with money and so that becomes the norm Um, lack of access or use of financial services is also an issue we know amongst many of these communities and so they don't actually see their parents using financial services and understand how they work there's nobody to teach Um, and that can lead to stress and and that can lead to avoidance of actually learning about the subject Um, again common across a lot a lot of subjects right Um, They also may not have access to their own money. They don't actually have hands-on experience of learning how to manage a budget, Mm. how to save, how to make decisions about needs and wants as well.
0: So it is a complicated question with many many answers right no one right answer i'm just curious though malaysian students how do they compare with peers in neighboring countries like singapore thailand indonesia do we have any surveys to give us a sense of where we rank how well we're doing or how badly we're doing and how much more we need to improve on
1: We couldn't find any comparative data for students that age, but there are data for young adults aged 18 to 25. What, you know, the data that we looked at shows Mm. is a good 40 to 50 percent of young adults in Southeast Asia uh, have low to medium levels of financial literacy. So in that sense, you know, Malaysia is, is, is you know, if you benchmark against those different surveys done in different ways, probably roughly the same. But the good news is that Malaysia has a, a, a national strategy. And if that's implemented well, there, there is hope that uh, Malaysia can push forward and improve its situation for for its adults and younger people as well.
0: So what is this uh, national strategy? I mean, is it going to be the case where financial literacy will be taught formally in schools? Uh, is the MOE looking towards introducing that as part of the core
1: syllabus? Yeah, so I think uh, so. The, the national strategy is led, as I said, uh, implemented by Financial Education mm-hmm. Network. And there's already been uh, three years, I believe, of work done with partners like, such as the ministry, with financial institutions, to look at coordinated efforts, and and as part of that, as I understand, uh, there are learning standards for financial literacy, that, but they are embedded in different subjects. Oh, not taught as a single subject. Not taught as a single subject. So they're in maths, obviously, uh, but also languages, moral. Okay. Do
0: you think it can be improved further? And do we have enough teachers in the first place to teach this?
1: Um, In the the sense that um, they're taught by subject teachers, then, then yes. But I think the question is on implementation and whether the learning is signposted, whether it's linked to real life situations. A lot will depend on the teachers' levels of financial literacy as well. Do they are they aware of the services? Do they know how financial services work? Do they, are they aware of the latest scam, for example? Uh, so, what can they impart to students? And from our observations, um, financial literacy isn't a priority. It's it's a very crowded space. There's lots going on in schools, and there's a you know lot in the curriculum to get through. Uh, we work with, on co-curricular um, time. And uh, that's also crowded. So it's seen as, I think, a nice-to-have rather than an essential life skill, which I think it it should be given the consequences.
0: Today on Ringgit and Sense is Claire Walker, CEO of the Financial Industry Collective Outreach, otherwise known as Finco, after the break. The role that parents have when it comes to financial literacy, BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9 business station. BFM 89.9, welcome back to The Ringgit and Sense, where we're speaking to Claire Walker, CEO of the Financial Industry Collective Outreach, Finco. Before the break, what does a recent survey tell us about the grass Malaysian students have on financial matters? Now, early on, we talked about financial literacy in schools, but I am curious, a lot of times, even for adults, financial knowledge seems very unrelatable and difficult to understand. So, how do you think that approach should change when we're talking about teenagers, for example, how can we make it more relatable and interesting so that they want to pay attention that they, this is something that matters to them. Like you say, there's a lot going on in school, there's a lot going on in their lives. But how do we signpost this that, hey, please, this is important, it will have consequences for you later?
1: Well, there's, um, there's a difference in the way that we approach our programmes for primary schools, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, upper primary school students. You know, have have less attention span, maybe, um, and and need more games. So we we actually work with a a program called Social Enterprise for Schools, actually, uh, which is which is a company um, called Social Enterprise Academy in Scotland, and they developed this for social enterprise. But actually, when we started looking at, uh, okay, how can we how can we help? younger people to get a grasp on financial concept. They don't have money. They don't necessarily have an opportunity to spend. So we wanted to develop something that has a bit more stickiness in terms of the learning. We use social enterprise as a vehicle for learning about financial literacy. And they we have games like Milopreneur, uh, <laughs> Senseville, where they simulate different situations. So it's relatable to them. It's relatable to them. But then they actually get to start trading. So mm-hmm. we train teachers, we train financial industry. Three volunteers, and they're amazing in their support of students. For about six months, they run with this program, and then at the end, uh, they present their their uh, finances to CEOs in a dragon's den. <laughs> Uh, they are so confident. You'll you have to talk to some of them at the end of the year to see what they've achieved. Last year, they raised about 76,000 ringgit in profit mm. collectively, which they channeled to social causes and this year environmental causes. So making it fun, making it very tangible to them. They, they're they there. They're comparing price. They're costing things out. They're trying to make profit for a, a cause that is meaningful to them in their community. Um that's different for our secondary students. Uh, they have a lot more pressure on their time. So it's more more in the form of workshops. So we, we um, but still we make it very practical. So they have, a, we give them tools for creating a, a budget. We teach them about how to do that. Uh, there are benchmarks for how much uh, you need to earn to mm. to live. Think, two thousand six hundred in Kang yeah. Valley area. So we say, well, this is your your money. This is how much things cost. How, how are you going to make your money work for you so mm. that you have financial well being, that you're happy, you can have a few treats. Uh, and now, in two years' time, with the effects of inflation, uh, how are you going to do that again? Um, so it's very practical to them and it's something that they can take with them as the, as they move on to either higher education or work. Since you've been running these courses, you know, what impact have you seen
0: from starting financial education in students' life, particularly in their real life situations? I mean, did you, for sure, I'm sure it does help their overall development, but how?
1: Yeah, so, so in 2022, 92% of our Students um, in our financial literacy programs reported that they had learned more about financial literacy, um, and it's not just about financial literacy. But we're seeing, you know, leadership skills, mm. communication skills. So it's part of an all-round improvement in in those non-academic life skills that they have. And definitely for our, we get a lot of feedback from our students. We talk to them constantly about what they, you know, how they're learning. Uh, So our secondary school students say um, what our survey says, basically, that yes, they were aware of things like EPF or savings. um, Or Texas, (laughs) which, yes. But they didn't really know how it works. So it's taking them from that awareness raising to knowledge. So it's less stressful for them as they start to navigate that. We also look at, um, you know, h- how to help them to navigate all of the resources that are out there as mm. well and, and identify a few that are good for them.
0: And what about parents? <laughs> Let's
1: talk <laughs> about them Be <laughs> critical, right, in the child's
0: life, the role they play. So education starts from, from home. Um, so how can parents actually help with early financial education for children? Or Are they the ones that also need some help along the way?
1: Uh, Many parents do. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. I was it was very late in life where I realized that uh, saving wasn't what you had left over from your spending (laughs) at the end of the month. Um, So I think it's I think something that we learn as parents it's we're role models. And that's how parents have to see themselves in terms of uh, helping uh, their children to Mm -hmm. develop good financial behaviors and so I think it 's important to talk to children about money that money isn't isn 't infinite you have an income and you earn that income it comes in monthly or whatever um, and it 's about choices and decisions you, right yes you have to prioritize um, so so I think talking to them about money you don 't have to reveal what you earn or anything but but I think that conversation is important and about what needs and wants so something that I used to. Um, even if I could afford something, if it wasn't a need, if it was a want, I'd say to my children, well, let's wait and see at the end of the month what mm. we've got left and and then we can decide. And I think that that time period, if it's a want, acts as a cooling off period. So they don't necessarily come back and ask for those things. So and I think that's something that we try to uh, practice as well is is a cool for myself a mm. cooling off period. Do I really want this? Yeah, is it
0: not immediate gratification, yeah. right? Yeah. But how do you make that fun for children or engaging? Because that's yeah. a challenge, right? Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it becomes to a child it might just sound like a lecture.
1: Yeah. So there are lots of um, good bank accounts with apps and uh, that that will help children to be rewarded for chores. They can track their money and spending. So, you know, some some students might find that a little tedious. Others will really like it. There mm. are there are financial institutions that have some great resources. Uh, Forward Tackleful, for example, has got some really nice resources on their, their website. I think providing children with hands-on experience. So, uh, you know, when you take them to the supermarket with you, ha- showing them how to compare prices on their treats. So mm. they're getting a treat, but they're also trying to get the most for their money as well. Who doesn't want more treats, right? Yes. Um, I think if if you give a monthly allowance if you can that's a good practice as well so you start
0: learning how to budget immediately yeah, and
1: it, and it has to include your needs as yes. well so so that's something school
0: i mean lunch money for example at school
1: yeah it, yeah daily money uh, requires less mm. decisions monthly or weekly mm. um, especially if it can include, include your stationery for example mm. Um, definitely, some something that I learned to do.
0: What about social media? But do we have to be careful? Um, does Finco utilise social media for outreach? Is it a good idea to, for parents to to use what's available out there on like TikTok? You know, to to educate their kids or engage with their children.
1: Yeah, sure. We do use social media. We've had some of our young um, participants who've who've passed on their tips through social media. Um, but it does. You do have to be use Vetted, your discretion. Right? Yeah. yeah. So it is better if you can find um, those platforms that are dedicated to financial literacy rather than through entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few. Yeah. There are quite a few dedicated resources out there. I think student like any any. Um, Young people on social media have got to be careful about revealing too, too much personal details. And um, so I think definitely it requires parents to vet them. But we also do point students in the direction of some, some good tools for budgeting. There's lots out there for children.
0: Okay, which is actually exactly my, my last question. I mean, what's some of the good resources and tools that you would recommend for parents, teachers, or even, let's say I'm a student. I would love to go back and be a student. <laughs> but if I was a student, um, to, to actually... Learn more about, you know, financial products, investments, savings, uh, just build up my financial knowledge and start building those good habits that will make a difference to my life.
1: Like I said, I, th- I think it's going back to those that, that you know are the experts. Mm-hmm. So AKPK and the Bank Nagara have some great courses and online resources uh, that anybody can can used as part of their credit counseling and, and debt management agency service. Amaran Scan is a Facebook page uh, which uh, highlights all of the you know the recent scams mm. so it can educate you on how not to be how not to get involved or fall victim to scams. And then the financial education network actually has a resource page which has pulled together a lot of resources from uh, financial associations and individual institutions. And of course if you follow FINCO on social Media or go to go to our web page. we also have links to resources, and we regularly share really good resources with our um, our audiences as well.
0: And if there is a school out there listening and they're thinking,
1: hmm, this is good, we want this for students, can they reach out to you of on their course, website? Yeah. they can reach out to us, just uh, go to our contact page mm-hmm. on our website and we can see what we can do to help them or put them in touch with others that have resources to help them as well.
0: On that note, thank you for your time today on Ring In Sense was Claire Walker, CEO of the Financial Industry Collective Outreach, otherwise known as FINCO. I'm Wong Xiaoning, BFM 89.9. Ring it and sense on bfm 89.9 the business station you have been listening to a podcast from bfm 89.9 the business station for more stories of the same kind download the bfm app